Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. All right, guys, I appreciate you having me. I'll say this every time. Uh, please give it up for Brandon and Hannah and their leadership. It's just phenomenal to have them here leading us. Um, they're just two people that believe that this church is not about four walls. It's about actually being involved in the community, um, actually diving in. So I'm just super grateful for them. All right, today I am talking about rest. And I know I have a couple people here that train with me early in the morning, and they're going to think I'm a hypocrite. So bear with me here. Yes, I do wake up at 4 a.m. five times a week. That is my life. So if you think I'm unqualified to talk about rest, you are absolutely Correct. So anyway, you guys excited to hear me now? You guys good? We on the same page? Awesome. Awesome. All right. We're going to put up some statements. I want you guys to raise your hand if you said these in the past 60 days, okay? Let's put the first one up. It's been a busy week. All right. Sweet. I can kind of see you guys. It seems like you guys raise your hand. All right. Let's go to the next one. This is like when you like forget to respond to someone. You forgot to call them, right? Sorry, I just had a lot going on. Right? And sometimes, honestly, we use that because we didn't want to talk to him in the first place. But, you know. All right. Next one. Same thing. Maybe an excuse. Maybe true. It's been a crazy season right now. Once I get out of the season, I'm going to be good. I swear I'm going to call you back. It's coming. It's coming. All right. This one. I get this a lot from my Easy Day members in the morning. I'm just so tired. You guys said that? Awesome. Okay. Here we go. Here's another one. Work is so hectic right now. Something like it. Okay. A lot. Still. Perfect. Sweet. Okay, and this last one, I mean, I feel like this has been me. I'm just playing catch up. I'm so behind. I'm so behind on all this stuff. I, once I get out, once I'm able to do X, Y, and Z, then I'll be able to be at rest. So this is an issue, right? Like we always talk about being so busy, life is so full. We have no idea how to rest. Me, myself, if I even go on vacation and I try to sit still and just like look at the waves, it's not happening very long. My wife knows this. I'm up and I'm pacing. I'm walking back and forth. It's hard for us to just shut off and rest, okay? But I have the solution for you. It's really, really encouraging. It's going to be a really short message today. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. All right, you guys good? That's all you need to know. I'm out, right? Like, what? God says, be still. I'm like, hey, thanks. That's the issue. Yeah, I know that. I know I need to be still. Like, I understand. It's kind of hard, but I can't be still because I have all this stuff going on. I would be still, but, but God, look, I'm leading a training business. I'm also the head coach at Hanover High School. I'm doing performance coaching. We run a house church on our house at Tuesday nights. By the way, I'm still trying to see my wife and kid. I'm doing all this stuff. How do you tell me to be still? I can't be still right now. You guys ever feel like this? I got all this stuff. Be still, be still, be still. That's hard. That's like someone telling you, like, you know, when you're really mad and someone's like, chill out. It's like, that's just not going to make me chill out. Please don't tell me to chill out. Like, now I'm not chill. Now I'm very not chill, okay? It's like, hey, just be still. Be still. You guys ever feel like that? I know. I know. But all of these things are piling up. I can't be still right now. Be still? What? How could I do that? But here's the answer, and it comes in the next part of this, okay? Let's put up the next part. It says, and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. That word know in the original language, in the Hebrew language, is actually yada. And what yada means is to know by experience, to fully know. 
to fully know, not just like head knowledge, but heart knowledge. You've experienced him to know that I am God. Be still and know, and know, and know, and know. So what we're going to try to do today, we're going to investigate Jesus. We're going to try to understand what it, know, what it feels like to know that he is God. You guys with me on that? You guys ready to do that? Let's go investigate how Jesus handled this, okay? Let's go to this next one right here. Here's the first thing to know, okay? Jesus honored the Sabbath, just not in the way you might think, okay? He honored the Sabbath. So what does that word mean, Sabbath? Okay, that word actually literally means rest, okay? He honored rest. This was actually instituted originally by God, right? He created the world in six days, and then he rested on the seventh, which is mind-blowing to me. I'm like, you're God. You don't need rest, why did you rest? And we were created in his image. So if God rested, what does that say about us? Man, I need rest. My soul actually craves rest because it's his being that's in me, right? We crave rest. So he instituted this first. And then God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And the first three commandments, if you go back and look them up outside of here, right? You go back and look them up. The first three commandments are all vertical commandments. And what I mean by that, it's all about our relationship to God, okay? The last six, and I know that only equals nine, I'm getting there. The last six are all me to other people, how I treat other people. Then there's one that ties them all together. And it says, honor the Sabbath, right? Keep the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath. So maybe our key to actually living out what we're called to do is in rest. Maybe it's in rest. And I am not talking about sleep again, because if I was talking about sleep, I'll be a hypocrite. I'm not talking about sleep. I'm talking about being at peace and knowing by experience that he is God, that he is God. Okay? So... Rest in itself, this day of rest, we talk about Sabbath, we talk about the Sundays, about shutting off. This is a good thing, right? It's a good thing. Did you guys know in the Soviet Union in the 1920s, they actually tried to eliminate any type of Sabbath? They tried to eliminate it for two reasons. One, they wanted to make sure people had no time to do this, to go to church and meet with each other and stir each other up. And then two, Two, they wanted to try to increase production. They were like, this is crazy. We're taking a weekend off. This is not good for us. We need to increase production. Well, good for us. It failed dramatically. Production decreased. 11 years later, they reinstituted re it, and they were allowing us to rest again. It failed. So what does that show you again? We need rest. So how does Jesus fit into all of this? Jesus over and over and over and over again withdrew from everything that was going on. He withdrew and he sat alone with God, which again is mind-blowing. I've never really understood this and I might even confuse you a little bit more, but bear with me. How Jesus is God, right? He is God. And then he'd withdraw to go rest with God. It's weird to me, but here's something very, very important to know. It's very important to know. Jesus was fully man, too. He was fully man. He is actually our first real example of what it looks like to live a life fully dependent on the Father, fully dependent on him, surrendering completely to the Father. He's our first example of it. So he was fully man, so of course he would go away and he would rest with the Father. 
right? Sometimes we're complaining about not hearing words from God. We feel like he's not present. Well, maybe we're not even taking time to sit back and be with them. That's like me complaining that me and Lauren aren't in a good spot, but we haven't gone on a date in four months, right? I've got to go on a date. I've got to go and seek his face, and that's what Jesus actually did for us. But here's the way you might not think. He wasn't secluded just to Sundays, and this made some Pharisees, the religious elite, very, very mad because what happened is, They were all so concentrated on keeping that Sabbath on Sunday, on that end of the week. Some people say Saturday, whatever it may be. They were so concentrated on keeping that. What they did, they built extra layers of law around that commandment of keep the Sabbath. So then they started defining it. All right, you can only take this many steps outside of the house, right? You can't do this. You can't do this. Make sure you don't do all these different things. And Jesus, as we know, he came to actually embody the heart of the law. The heart behind everything that was commanded in that old covenant, he came to actually live it. So Jesus started doing things that the Pharisees didn't like, and this sounds crazy that they didn't like this, but he was healing people on the Sabbath. They're like, no, 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 that's got to wait till Monday. We're not going to be healing people today. Like, are you kidding me? He's like, how many of you guys that has a sheep that falls into a well, would you not pull it out because it's Saturday, because it's Sunday? Would you not pull it out? He came to embody the heart of the law. You weren't supposed to do certain things. You weren't supposed to pick grain on the Sabbath. And he and his disciples, like, they just, they went through and they started eating some grain. They started picking some grain and having their fill. So he wasn't about building this religious structure and tradition around the Sabbath. He was trying to embody the heart of the Sabbath. He was trying to embody the heart of it constantly. He was the one that was healing and delivering people on this certain day. But he's also this guy that withdraws. This is what he says. He says, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Sabbath Sabbath was made for man. So what he's saying here is that this Sabbath, it's a gift for you. You weren't designed to be in relationship with rest. You were designed to be in relationship with me, and I have given you rest. You see the difference? You weren't designed to build up this wall around a certain day of the week. You were designed to be in relationship with me, and I am the only one that can actually give you rest. I'm the only one that can actually give you peace, right? So let's go to the next one. Here's the second thing to know. Jesus was able to rest in the midst of chaos. He was able to rest in the midst of chaos. And I want to show this verse. Got to go to the next one for me real quick. Perfect. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Lord will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the shelter of the Lord will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So think about in the old covenant. Think about the temple. People would go there to connect with Jesus. They'd go connect with the Father, go connect with God. But because of Jesus' resurrection, we no longer had to go to the temple for rest. Because Jesus actually lives inside of us now. His Holy Spirit is actually inside of us now. When we say yes to Jesus, his spirit lives in us. So we are actually walking around in the midst of chaos with complete rest. You see this over and over again in scripture, and I love this story, but Jesus sleeps on a boat in the middle of a storm, and it's crazy to me. He's in a boat with his disciples in a storm, and waves are crashing in the boat. 
And Jesus, according to the disciples, is like nowhere to be found. They're like, come on, God, wake up. What are you doing? You know what he's doing? Yeah, he's sleeping on a cushion, chilling. And then he wakes up, and he just talks to the winds and the waves like it's a person. It's like, hey, peace, be still. And I just picture him going right back to sleep. It's like, gosh, that was annoying. Like, they woke me up. I was sleeping. He was able to rest in the midst of chaos. I believe that we're only able to know rest because Jesus was sleeping on a boat in the middle of a storm. We don't know rest because Jesus was chilling on a beach with an umbrella drink. And I felt like the Lord spoke this to me a couple months ago. He said, Sam, if you can't have peace on a boat in the middle of a storm, you're really not going to have peace on a beach. Really not going to have peace on a beach. You're going to find something to complain about. You're going to find something to complain about. Do we actually know by experience that he is God? Think about the disciples after this. Think about when crazy things started happening to them. I bet you they just started picturing Jesus on the boat, not faced. It's like, all right, well, if my Savior's not faced, I'm not faced. He was able to have peace in the midst of chaos. Let's talk about another example. Y'all know when he breaks bread for 5,000 people, right? He breaks bread. On the heels, that's coming off the heels of their best friend, one of their best friends, John the Baptist, getting beheaded. And all Jesus wanted to do with his disciples, all of them were worn out. Emotionally, they've been healing. They've been seeing crazy stuff. But they, gosh, their social battery, their tank was just low. They needed to rest. He wanted to find a solitary place to just hang out and be still, just get some rest, probably get some sleep, maybe not even talk to each other, just, gosh, I just want to sit still. So they get there. They get to their solitary place, and they look up, and they see 5,000 men. That's what it says in Scripture, 5,000 men. So that's probably 15,000 people, right, coming after them. (laughs) Like, could you imagine that? Like, sometimes we get stressed out when we're just, like, chilling on the couch, and someone, one person just knocks on the door. We're like, oh, my God, not now. Not now. Gosh, please. Like, I have a son right now. Like, I just, sometimes I get home, and it's had a long day. It's been a good day, but just a long day. Just drained a little bit. I want to have my peanut butter banana sandwich. That's what I want to have. And I want to put some honey on it, and it's going to be delicious. I'm so excited. And I love my son. This is going to sound like a bad dad. Okay, so don't judge me. But... I'm so excited to get this sandwich, and I start eating it, and he goes, please, please? I'm like, no, it's mine. It's my sandwich. I've worked for this. Please stop. It's my sandwich. Right? I just feel like I wanted to vent to you guys. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But you just want to rest, right? You just want to rest. Imagine 15,000 people coming. And the disciples, they, they're funny because they do what I'm thinking. They're like, hey, Jesus, we're not even going to be able to feed all of them. Let's just tell them to go get something to eat like acting like they don't really want to rest. It's just because they're worried about their needs. It's better for them if they just go leave. And Jesus is like, hey, why don't you feed them? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Jesus. We've actually already done our homework on this because we thought you'd say that. We only have five loaves and two fish. So again, we should tell them to leave. He's like, hand them to me. And then he breaks bread, and somehow these five loaves and two fish feed 15,000 at least and they have enough to be left over. All he wanted to do was rest, but they kept pursuing their calling. So sometimes you're going to be like, oh, no, this is my rest day. This is my rest day. But the Lord's saying, no, I need you. I need you. Know that, th- that I live inside of you. Rest can be in the midst of chaos. Rest can be in the midst of chaos. Okay? Here's what I want you to know. Let's go to this next one. And this is the truth of it all right here. 
True rest can only be found inside of relationship with the Holy Spirit. True rest. And here's what I'll tell you too. We need to take time and sit and be still. Yes, Sam, I need time to sit and be still. I need time to go on a date with Jesus. And one of the things I'm going to challenge you guys to do is find time to just block off in your week, in your day, to just sit and rest with Jesus. Like Jesus did, withdraw, withdraw. Because you know why it was originally instituted, that Sabbath? It was to remember all the Lord has done. It was to say, hey, Lord, I trust you. I remember when you split the seas for us. I remember when you rained down bread from heaven. I remember when you provided for us, and I trust you will do it again. I'm going to take my hand off of it. I'm going to take my hand off of it. I'm going to rest. It doesn't have to be secluded to a day. But for me, what it looks like from 10 to 2 on Mondays, I'm just saying, hey, Lord, whatever you want. And sometimes it looks like me walking in Richmond and just walking the streets and just hanging out and having my AirPods in. Sometimes it looks like me in the local cup. But whatever he calls me to do, I'm just going to rest with him and go on a date with him and hang with him so I can seek his face. But if we take that gift of rest and we're not engaging with the Holy Spirit, we're going to miss it. We're not going to be, rest, we're not going to be rested. You guys ever gone on vacation and you come back less rested than you went on vacation? You guys ever done that? You guys ever went in to, re- you just wanted to decompress. You're like, all right, I'm just going to put on Netflix. And then it's 9 p.m. Then you wake up the next morning, you're not even rested, Right? Because I think only true rest can come in engaging the Father, engaging the Holy Spirit, engaging Jesus. That's where true rest is found. In Ezekiel 47, God gives us this picture through Ezekiel, this prophet, and he gives him a vision. And there's this river flowing out of the temple. It's flowing out of the temple. And this guy is leading Ezekiel out. And he measures off something like 300 yards. They use cubits, but like I don't, I don't know what cubits are, so we're just going to say yards. Okay? Measures off like 300 yards, and he's like ankle deep. Then like another 300 yards, and he's knee deep. Then another 300 yards, and he's shoulder deep. And then it's overflowing where he can't even swim across of it. It's just so much. And he says, there's life inside of the river. There's life inside of the river. And along the banks of the river, there's these beautiful trees. But outside of the river, outside of this flowing river, there are these marshes that are just dead and there's nothing in it. Here's what I think this is the picture of. I think it's the picture of the Holy Spirit flowing. And when you're in the Holy Spirit, when you're in the flow of the Holy Spirit, when you're keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, man, there is life. There is life. But as soon as we try to make it a program, as soon as we try to make it a strict religious thing to do instead of engaging Jesus, it becomes dead. It becomes dead. We will not find rest outside of seeking Jesus' face. We will not find rest outside of engaging with the Holy Spirit, outside of engaging with him. I felt like the Lord spoke to me recently. He said, Sam, and not in a condemning way, he said, Sam, you've been abiding in your schedule more than you've abided in me, and I want you back. I want to hang with you. I want to show you things that you haven't seen before. And then I'm like, God, but I've been, I've been doing my reading every day. I've done my Bible reading plan. I've had my Mondays. I've had my 10 to 2. I've done these things. He's like, yeah, but you're not engaging me. 
You guys know what it's like. You're just reading just to check it off the list. You're reading, check it off the list. But what if he says, what if you're supposed to read John 4 through 6, but he says, hey, stop on this word. Stop on this word. I want you to think about it. What if we're not engaging with it? We're not going to find true rest. It becomes another to-do list item. Go engage with the Holy Spirit. Yes, be disciplined in setting apart that time. But understand, if I am not engaging the Holy Spirit on my Mondays from 10 to 2, I'm not finding any rest. I'm not finding any rest. I want to show you guys this last picture, what Jesus actually showed me this past Monday, okay, about a week ago. And Jesus is speaking um, to this woman at the well. If I heard the story, raise your hand if you heard the story of the woman at the well. Awesome. Okay, the rest of you guys, I mean, come on. Soon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what he's doing is he approaches this woman who's trying to get water from a well, okay? And this woman is a Samaritan, and he is a Jew. Jews and Samaritans... They did not get along, okay? Like, think Republican, Democrat, times a 1,000, okay? They did not get along. They weren't seeing eye to eye, okay? There was a barrier. There was a social barrier. So she comes up, and he says, hey, would you give me a drink of water? And she's like, how do you, a Jew, ask me a Samaritan woman? There's also the man-woman thing there, right, for some water. He said, hey, if you knew who was asking you, you'd ask me for some water. And I love, like, just, like, the confidence of Jesus. Hey, if you knew, if you knew who was asking, you'd ask me for some water. He's like, I can give you water that will never, ever run dry. You will never be thirsty again. She's like, please, mystery man, give me this water. Right? And then he says this, and if you don't read Scripture, and I feel like the Lord's been doing this with me, if we don't read Scripture through the eyes of compassion, then we miss it. Because Jesus is compassionate. Jesus is slow to anger. Right? And I feel like I've been reading Scripture through the eyes of condemnation at times. Maybe I've read Scripture with Jesus' voice as like maybe a bad coach that I have yelling at me. But that's not how he, that's not how he talks. And this is what he says, and try to, try to hear this with me through the eyes of compassion. He says, go call your husband. And I can, feel, I can just feel her just like heart sink a little bit. She goes, well, I don't have a husband. He goes, yeah, I know. You've had five. And the one you're with now is not even your husband. What is Jesus doing here? He's not trying to condemn her. He's saying, hey, sweetie, I know you. I know you. You don't have to hide anymore. You don't have to hide anymore. I know you. I'm for you. I'm with you. And she says, well, I can see that you're a prophet, and I can just feel her backpedaling, right? I can see you're a prophet. Us Samaritans think we should worship on this mountain, but I know you Jews think we can worship in Jerusalem. And she's just trying to make it a theological conversation because it's probably gotten too deep for her. She's like, I don't know what to do with this. And this is what he says right here. Pull it up. He says, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. A time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. He says, woman, there's a time coming when it's not going to matter where you worship. Guys, you can meet Jesus in line at Starbucks. He's right there with you. It's not, it's not like we have to come here. But gosh, if you're waiting till Sunday to rest with Jesus, I think we're missing out. Here's the cool part about this, though, and what I was telling you, this past Monday is when Jesus has been challenging me, hey, abide in me, not in your schedule, because I stopped 
on that word. Can we go back up to that first one where it says woman? Go back to that for me real quick. Awesome. I stopped on that word, and I felt like Jesus said, hey, stop there. Think there for a second. So I started looking that up in the original language. I look, all right, so what is, what is this woman? Like, why does he say woman right here? Why is he emphatic with this? And in, in the Greek, which is what the New Testament was originally written in, that word is gune. Now think about this for a second. Think about the context of this. Think about this woman. She has had five husbands, and she's sleeping with someone now that's not even her husband. Adulterer. Not a good wife. She has constantly failed in marriage. She has failed. She has failed. And what does Jesus say? This word gune, 83 times it was used as wife. That word was used to say wife. What if, what if, think with me for a second, what if Jesus was looking at this woman and saying, my beautiful bride, believe me, a time's coming when you don't need to worship on this mountain or that mountain. You're going to worship me wherever. And I just feel like her eyes start welling up. It's like, this guy knows me, and now he just called me his bride. Everything we've ever wanted is found in a relationship with Jesus. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. You want rest? Seek his face. He's not that bad coach screaming at you. He's saying, hey, I know you. I see all that stuff. The stuff you're ashamed of, it doesn't faze me. I love you. I'm for you. My beautiful bride, honey, sweetie, I'm here for you. You're mine. You're mine. <laughs> and then she says this statement where it's like, it's her way of asking what she knows to be true. I just feel like, just picture her with me. Picture her like just crying. Picture tears rolling down her face. She's fighting back tears. She says, I know the Messiah is going to explain this to us, right? And then Jesus just confirms what she already knows. She said, yeah, I'm the Messiah. I'm him. I'm the one you've been looking for. I'm the one your heart has always dreamed of. I'm everything you've ever needed. Everything that you've been worrying about, you can find peace with me. You can find peace with me. You're striving for relationships. You're striving for all these things to fill your life that is only found in me. My beautiful bride, I love you. I haven't left you. I haven't stopped searching for you. And I will keep pursuing you. And you know what she did? Leaving her water jar. She came there to get water. Suddenly, she wasn't thirsty anymore. She didn't care. She left her water jar. She sprints into town. She said, come see the man who knows me. Could he be the Messiah? Is he the one? And then a whole town believes because of this woman's testimony. It's amazing. The first person to preach this word, the first person to introduce these people to Jesus was a woman, which was revolutionary at that time. He came to break down walls of what we thought was supposed to be. And then, this is like the heart, like anybody that loves Jesus wants this for their friends. These people came up to Jesus, and they saw him for himself, for themselves. And they said, we no longer believe because of your, your testimony. We believe because we have seen and heard for ourselves that he is the Savior of the world. So, yes, hear me, guys. Hear me, but go and see for yourselves. Go and see for yourselves. You lack nothing with him. Everything your heart has desired, you want rest. You want rest from those things that have been weighing on your heart. 
You want rest from constantly worrying if you're going to have enough money. You want rest from constantly worrying if you are enough. You want rest from constantly worrying about that relationship. It is only found in Jesus. There's no other step-by-step process for it. Yes, get away. And my challenge to you is find time to seek him out. Carve it out in your week. Make room. Make room. But no, in that space, seek the face of Jesus. Don't go there and just check it off. Engage with the Holy Spirit. True life, true rest is only found in him. So here's what I want to do. If you are burdened by this thing that's just been weighing on you for a while, okay? It's been weighing on you. You've been stressed about it, and you feel like you've been holding it tightly, holding it tightly. Hey, just right at your seat, I want you to just literally clench your fist just like this. This is the thing that your spirit's been doing. It's been holding on to it. It's been holding on to it. And you have fought with everything you have to try to control that situation, but you know that you can't control it. You know you can't. Okay. What I want you to do with every head bowed and eye closed, all we're going to do is open our hands right now, and we're just releasing that to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I no longer will hold on to this. This is yours. I trust you. I trust true rest is only found in you. I trust true rest is only found in you, Jesus. I want to seek your face. Reveal yourself to me, God. Reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I want that rest that we're talking about, Lord. Lord, I want to go on a date with you. I want to see you. And still, with every head bowed and eye closed, if you feel like that's you, would you raise your hand just for more confirmation to say, Lord, I'm giving it over to you. Yeah. I'm giving it over to you, Jesus. I'm giving it over to you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.